Hello, and welcome to a Pair of Dice Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, and I'll be your storyteller for the evening. Just as a heads up going into this episode, we do decide to cinematically storytell the last bit of the game. It was getting late, and this was already the second extra session we had to schedule to get the boss fight done. We do declare it in-game that we're doing that, but I wanted to give everyone a heads up just going into tonight's episode. With that said, on tonight's episode, Liv shines like the sun, Marcy has feelings about turtles, Cass sees Lady Liberty, and Leonard goes full platinum games. This is Exalted vs. World of Darkness, episode 36, Friendly Neighborhood Exalts. Liv kind of looks around and sees all the chaos of the battle, and for a moment, he just has a sigh and thinks of a time when this wasn't what happened to him, when he wasn't like this uh, morose, negative being, and he was fighting with his friends in a brighter time, a time of heroism and action. And uh, after another deep breath, the sunken, gaunt face of Liv, for in, in a few moments, fades. Uh, his gray, pale hair becomes blonde once again. And an odd light overtakes him. Uh, Wait, did Brendan, you take the take Max's charm? Oh yeah, buddy. Yeah, bud. The unconquered hero technique. Yeah. The what? The I'm a solar charm. Uh, just to, I, I can have a little solar as a treat. Uh, so I believe that for the next 24 hours, Liv counts as a solar. He no longer counts as a creature of darkness. He gets all the benefits of being a solar. And um, I still keep all my abyssal powers, by the way. He still keeps all of his abyssal powers, but again, no longer counts as a creature of darkness. And in 24 hours, he's going to find out that that might not have been the best choice. But right now, it's what it's what the world needs. You're damn right it is. The Unconquered Hero's Faith. That's the name of it. And then I imagine that Liv calmly pulls out a scalpel and uh, yeah, I guess just hits the dude with a really shiny sun powered scalpel in his other eye. Wow. Wow. Man, you're a better solar than I am. I just gotta pack it all into, like, one scene. That's why. Okay, let's see if it can actually try and pair you. Um, you go to stab it in the eye with a scalpel, and it brings one of its hands forward uh, and, sto- and, stops the, and stops the blade from going back into the, uh, back into the eye. But it was close. Okay. Okay. Uh, who next? Uh... Oh, the Bungo Boys are gone. That's right. But oh, wait. Actually, shit. Uh, give me one second. I actually have to re-roll that because I did not roll the right amount of dice. Okay. If it was more, I wouldn't have cared. But, like, it's actually, like, significantly less. Oh, yeah? <gasps> I think it's still enough, though. Uh, no, it isn't. Uh, you hit by one. Yeah, buddy. Because that potence only adds six. So it's 8d10. Yep. 8d10 of damage. That was not the right roll. If you want to keep that nine, you can roll uh, seven, another seven d ten. I think I will. Okay, so I count four like damage. Four. Yeah, four. It it does soak it. This okay. thing's kind of a soak monster. Yeah, that's fine. But you do manage to hit it and get that scalpel in good. It's just I just, I just imagine that it raises its hand up to block it, and then Liv like probably takes his other hand and just palm heel strikes the scalpel through its hand. Yeah, the uh, the the thing's able to uh to heal through it faster than you can deal damage, but it is. I, I will let you guys know, this thing is rapidly losing blood, which basically is power for vampires. Did you know blood is also power for humans? Yeah, Technically, yeah, but so is oxygen. Uh, so next up is going to be uh, Cass. I mean, sunlight seems to be uh, 
seems to be decently effective. Um, I don't appreciate it uh, looking at me with those eyes, so I'm going to try and hit it. Okay, roll 14. Damn. Ooh. It is just able, to, just barely able to keep up with your you guys' constant barrage. But as you guys keep striking this, this thing is looking paler and paler as the veins seem to pump slower and slower. Next up is Marcy in the Hodag. Okay, so I want to uh, use the dragon side attack again, which would be guns out of essence. So I would have to spend an essence, which causes me to flare. For, like, the second time ever. All right. Um, <laughs> but I also want to spend... Because I can spend two essence, right? Since I'm at essence two. Yes. I'd also want to spend a second essence for excellence of the blazing sun and a willpower to add as many dice as my attribute plus ability cap will permit rather than just adding three dice. Is that to your uh, guns? Yeah. All right. Firearms is in that. All right, so then you double your uh, your firearms for the rest of technically the game to from eight to sixteen, and then you know add in your accuracy. Hey, Brendan. Hey, what? Does this thing have a frenzy mechanic? By the by. Oh, it does. Mm, I think we're about to find that frenzy mechanic out, bud. Okay, uh, so add twelve onto your damage. So Britt, you're rolling for twenty-four damage. Don't forget your hungry tiger, because this is your first attack. So that twelve is doubled. That is correct. That is my first attack. So the the 12 to attack is doubled, not damage. No, the since all 12 of those are successes, then those 12 successes are doubled. Okay, so then Brit is rolling 36 damage. Wow, that's lame. Look at all the damn twos. Wow, 11 damage on 36 dice. That's, that's rough. That's Feels bad, dumb. man. Welcome to every single time that Tyler has ever rolled a medicine roll. Welcome. It's awful. Please leave. Don't stay here. At least I can tell you it's all aggro. It still only manages to soak six, uh, f or sorry, five of it, so it takes six damage. Fuck that. Which, if this thing literally wasn't the, like, final boss, that would be a fucking huge amount. Yeah, that's a whole human's work. And I am flaring. All right, and now it is uh, Jeff Hodag's turn. Uh, hey, Brendan, I'm, I had a question that I forgot yeah, to ask. Yeah, sure. Since the spirits of the Bunga Boys are inhabiting Woms, does he go on their initiative? No, Woms is still going to go on his own initiative. Okay. Uh, so, Britt, what would you like uh, the Hodag to do? I'm going to have him go with the claw again because I'm scared what would happen if he bites it. You know what? Actually, I'm going to have this thing do a little bit of a weird if that's cool. I mean, hey, it's your NPC. All right, so. I'm just friends with it. <laughs> the Hodag is going to, seeing the... Uh, the, the acid arm thing is going to rightly back away as it does not want to get acided on. And it is going to breathe in deeply as that it takes in the watery sacks of its, uh, on the inside of its body. And like a pressure hose is going to spit out a, uh, a watery breath at this thing. It's basically turning into a blastoise cannon. Wonderful. Take me home to Minnesota, Jeff. Wisconsin, I mean. Shit. <laughs> Midwest, man. Confusing. Hodag roars, take me home. Uh, this thing can't dodge that, so... It deals eight damage with its compressed water jet attack. And the Zamisi is only able to soak most of it. But not all of it. Next up is Cass. 
And I'm just gonna keep fire and sunlight at because that just seems like good. All right, eight plus seven, so that'd be uh, 15. Ooh, you managed to nick it somewhere good as it takes five fucking lethal damage from sunlight and recoils from it. Woo. I will let you all know that you guys are now in the home stretch. If you were holding anything back, now is the time not to do that. Just let me right. know when it goes into Torpor. <laughs> it's, the, it's the end of the round, right? Uh, no, Wams still has to go. Gotcha. Tyler, for Wams, please double everything, including its willpower and everything else. Excellent. Uh, Wams is just, is just gonna like the the uh, amalgamed form of this. Uh, I don't think that they're technically the spirit of the Ninja Turtles because that was just the form they had. Uh, so I guess he's just gonna like yell some uh, some some harsh Sasquatch words and try to like snap this guy's neck and make an attack with the grapple. This thing using the uh, the 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 voices the vo- the vocal boxes of the dead Sasquatches being given life by sixty angry ghosts who have been killed in multiple ways in New York and were never given proper burial is screaming out, and some of them are saying about how that this is the thing that killed them, and they are glad to have their revenge. Delightful. Ooh. I count ten. I'm sorry, nine. It is going to attempt to use uh, its strength to try and break the grapple, which means it does get its potence, but it gets a lower uh, dice pool, though. So it needs to get three successes, pretty much. Uh, yes. Nice. It does manage to break the grapple, but I will let you do damage on the way off of the grapple. Okay. Uh, yeah, add its, uh, I guess, just just double WOM straight damage. Okay, let me find it. Uh, it's six plus, six plus successes, so just 12? Yeah, just 12. Basically, the way that I envision this is, is that to get this thing off of it, it literally has to rip into its own neck to grab the Sasquatch off, or the Sasquatches. Ow! Looks like, it looks to be eight damage. That does, in fact, look to be eight damage. It it takes some of it. Aha. It just, you know, casually rips off the vampire's ear or something. Something hateful. All right. That is Wom's turn, which means that it's Cass and then Lenny. Okay. Um, go ahead and keep firing. It looks like it's working. <laughs> That's fucking spicy. Holy shit. That is uh, 20 damage. Please roll that, Christina. It's fine. You'll just soak all of it. I most certainly will not. Okay. Cody, go ahead. Well, he's just gonna unleash a barrage of attacks at this uh, hand that tried to grab him. So Lenny unleashes his flurry of blows against his hand, uh, grabbing against him, and though a couple of them uh, find purchase, very little damage is actually done to it. This thing is meeting you guys blow for blow, but eventually this thing must fall. It has to. I'm going to make one quick roll. Ooh, buddy. Despite the vamp- despite the werewolf's best efforts on the edge of town, eventually there is a small group of people who succumb to the fungus of the Zemisi, feeding it blood back into its starving body. Are you kidding me? Four fucking blood points? Jesus. Is that a lot? That is not a lot to this, si- this size vampire. Uh, most humans have ten blood points in them. <laughs> Alright, so, top of the round is going to be Lenny. Yeah. So, uh, first thing... I'm going to spend an essence and a willpower to add five auto successes to my attack. Okay. And then spend my, uh, nah, there's no purpose to use that Hail Mary other than just for flare. 
So I will just do a standard attack as uh, Leonard jumps up onto this thing's hand and runs over to it. Well, runs attempts to run up its arm and swipe at its neck. Cool. While you're doing that, can you also give me a uh, perception and an alertness roll? Uh, standard difficulty. I'm going to spend an essence and a willpower to double it so that I can roll 10. Six. All right. Um, so I don't know if this is going to change what you're going to try and do, but you can see as you're running up this this thing's arm, the skin on it is stretching extraordinarily thin over it as that the uh, as it is all being pulled away back towards the uh, back towards the bay. There is a tendril that is thinning out uh, and not necessarily attempting to escape. But it appears to be going in the uh, across the bay in a northeasterly direction, or I'm sorry, northwesterly. Uh, how far away is the tentacle from the uh, body? It's still attached to the body. Okay. Um, instead of going for the neck, I'm gonna aim to lop off the tentacle. All right, go for it. Uh oh. There we go. Twelve successes on the attack. It manages to get eleven. So Let's... you do hit. Uh, go ahead and do damage, and if you can do enough damage, you lop it off. Oh, wow, right on the money. Oh, boy. As your dieclave goes to strike at the tentacle, uh, it's like the skin itself has hardened into a chitinous uh, material, like a hard insect uh, would to deflect you. Uh, Cody, seeing the trajectory of this thing, it's he- that tentacle is heading right for the Statue of Liberty. Oh, man. Uh, Lenny's going to call out to the rest of them. It's trying to make a break for it and point to the tentacle towards the set, like trail his finger along the tentacle to the Statue of Liberty. But that is my turn. Now it's Cass's turn. So hearing uh, Lenny say that, Cass is going to pivot and shoot towards the tentacle, trying to, like, damage it enough to get it off or, like, put a an arrow of sunlight through it so it'll just blit off. Shoot it with a circular saw blade of sunlight. How did you manage to roll two? Holy shit, that's so many ones. <laughs> and this dice roller does not want that tentacle going away. Try as you might, the uh, the sunlight just will not pierce through the, uh, the flesh of this thing. Okay, so it's going to basically get this one last turn to go to try and put some hurt on you guys. But if it can't take one of you guys out, it almost for real is going to get taken out. It's got basically one more move after this. So my question is, do we want to kind of uh, cinematic this and maybe roll like a few dice and see what happens? Or do we want to keep going by the rules? I do love a good cinematic. And I feel like we all kind of I can say that I've kind of like I've rolled my dice, right? Yeah, I think I've dice monkeyed enough. Yeah, I am down to clown. All right. So, firstly, this thing, for whatever reason, the uh, the thing, uh, the, the the little tentacle is going to continue uh, taking more and more of its flesh over to Liberty Island. This thing is going to get a couple attacks in on you guys. Um, essentially, it is going to reach down with its free hand and try and go to grab the bone sword and bring it back up at Cody. In doing so, it's going to uh, knock down the last remaining buildings around it, causing some environmental damage. And it's also going to basically, uh, with the uh, 
I'm sorry, before that it can do that, it's going to, before it reaches down for the bone sword, it's going to take what once was many Sasquatches and like chuck it at Jeff Hodag, kind of bringing those two out of the fight for now. Then it's going to reach down, right? Then it's going to reach down, grab its bone sword, bringing it, bringing it up through the last remaining building, having more uh, crap and environmental damage come down on the ground and try to go up and attack Leonard and live. How are you all going to be dealing with this? We've got two get-out-of-jail-free cards left. Uh, yes. So, based on the last one, I guess the buildings are falling on uh, Cass and Marcy. No matter what, I've got myself and Marcy. So you and Marcy are covered? Yeah. No matter how she and I roll, I've got her and me. No matter what happens, I have me. And, uh... I'm assuming you have yourself, Cody? Yeah. I've got myself. So I think we're good. So, I will, uh... For myself, I'm going to... Pop my, uh... Heavenly Guardian defense. To just nope the sword. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna use wounds mean nothing and get crushed, but then reform. And then is Cass going to... Are, are you two using a get-out-of-jail-free card, or are you sacrificing one of your... Uh... Well, so I want to roll and see if Britt and I can get out of there first, if you want us to, or I can just use the, the stuff. Cass would sacrifice her um, archaeologist and use her get-out-of-free card from Marcy. So lost, lost in the Battle of Brooklyn is Doctor Reese, archaeologist, who comes out of nowhere with her with her cool archaeologist glasses and pushes Marcy out of the way, and then Cass walks out of the rubble. I'm sorry, I'm so yep. defenseless, guys. <laughs> Does anything make it through? Mean nothing? Uh, no, because uh, I take the full damage and get turned to mush, and then I just reform. I cannot take any damage. Oh, that's so dumb. From anything. I can fall off the Empire State Building and then just back together after being turned into paste. And is that just like fall and like damage like that or? Any damage. It costs one essence for any damage source. Okay, so it does cost essence. I thought it was passive. No, no, it costs one essence. Okay, that makes more sense. So what are you down to essence-wise, Tyler? Seven. Damn. I had my passes up, and then I, because I, I saved, I got my essence refilled when the scene began, began, and I used my defensive stuff, and I've used uh, wounds mean nothing a few times. Actually, not even that, because you refilled it. So no, I'm at like nine. Damn. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, I'm down to four. All my stuff is passive. I don't have. I have wounds mean nothing, and a, a few specialized things for like, not really combat, and then I don't really use my essence for combat. I'm down to eight, but that's also because of the refill, and I've had the gun essence to use. All right, so now that this thing has made its cinematic attack, and it appears to be uh, stretching thinner and thinner, what are you guys doing in response to it? Uh, do I'm going to assume Zemeezies don't really obey the laws of uh, anatomy. Uh, you would be completely correct. Well... Uh, it'll be an experiment then. I guess I'll just keep attempting to apply the laws of anatomy to render it so it can't move until it, you know, I run out of time to do so or it stops moving. 
So in doing that, I'm going to, you're basically going to just start auto hitting it uh, as you start carving into it and trying to figure out how this fucking monstrosity works. Yeah, very precisely. Not like a bunch of gross bloodshed, but a lot of like very precise incisions. Um, you're going to end up taking a little bit of damage that you probably end up healing through your thing through, from the acid blood and all that. Or That's you fine. probably keep, soak keep it, in mind, yeah, Keep in mind also that I four up so soaks for me. Yes, yeah, so you probably honestly soak most of it. Okay. You probably take some like minor burns uh, to your hands, but it's nothing like. It's doable. It's doable. Uh, Lenny's going to use his. Uh... Last Hail Mary to throw the Diclave to the uh, end of the tentacle that's stretching towards the bay and grapple it to hold on to try to hold it off from getting to the uh, Statue of Liberty as best as he can. But he's going to use his second essence for the round to uh, give himself the fire and stones so you don't have to, so there's no peony blossom at the end of this round. Okay, you hail Mary over to it, and uh, you get to the very end. And basically, uh, at the very end of it, it, you can see like eyeballs on the on the end of this thing. As you're trying to stop it, it is uh, doing its best to deftly evade through you, uh, evade you, as it, it is trying to get over to that island. Uh, Cass, Marcy, what do you guys want to do? I probably. Because we're still trying to stop that tentacle, right? Or the big body, whatever you want to do. I mean, I would just do the same thing I've been doing and start shooting it with my with my gun. You continue to flamethrower it? Yeah. Spinning blades of sunlight that actually look like the like little suns that people draw with the circles and the little triangles on them. <laughs> okay, so... As a, you two are uh, lighting fire to it and throwing blades of sunlight at it, this thing, uh, you can see uh, the veins on it growing uh, distended and gross as they are emptied of liquid. The whole thing is using too much of its blood to concentrate on one thing or the other. But it is very much the one thing that it is going to be concentrated on right now is on killing you all. It takes its its massive hand and tentacle. The first one goes to smash onto where the live is and try and squash him like a bug, and then the re- and then basically like wipe him off and go to smash down on the girls. Well, there's my uh, get out of jail free card to uh, save at least one of the girls. I'm good. Use it on Marty. Yeah, I'll save the one that's bad at dodging shit. I have a cheeky thing to do. Okay, uh, can you give me just one second? I'm going to describe Marcy's get out of jail. Of course. You know, my, my fourth one. Was this your fourth? No, this is your third one. Oh, no, yeah, because uh, Christina's... I think, I think we've literally used them all on her. No, your your thing didn't use one, I think. And if it did, then yeah, that's four. The With the um, archaeologist. If that uses one, then that's all four of them. If it doesn't use one, then we still have one left. Yep. Uh, so yeah, the the archaeologist one doesn't doesn't use it. So this one, when it, the hand comes down and Cass deftly dodges out of the way, uh, Marcy is unable to move uh, for uh, as that her gun is uh, temporarily jammed as she's trying to reload it. Essentially, uh, oh, one of the 
One of the animatronics, one of the Donatello animatronics, half melted, comes out and pushes you out of the way and is crushed beneath it, where that only the front half of the animatronic is uh, visible to you. And the melted Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animatronic looks up to you and instead of saying some sort of fucking weird catchphrase in a robot version of your uncle's voice, it says, Don't worry, kid. I'll always have your back. God damn it, Brendan. Aww. <laughs> Uh, Britt, uh, I know that it doesn't really matter since this is like the final session and everything, but you can remove Haunted. Oh no. <laughs> Wait, yes. I, had, I had two ghosts haunting me, so is it just gone completely now? It's just gone completely now. Oh no. I'm so sad. Excellent. While Marcy is very upset and sad and appreciates the saving. Brit is 100% not okay with the animatronic. It's like nightmare fuel right there. I could I could have had it end with I sure love being a turtle. <laughs> sure, oh yeah, dude. As soon as Marcy feels the ghost go, as soon as Marcy feels the ghost go away, she uh she kicked the animatronic. It's not Mongo anymore. <laughs> he's in the, he's been infected by the cowabungaitis. <laughs> So Cass definitely dodges out of the way. Marcy gets saved by a turtle. And Liv, did you get squashed? Did you just take the damage and then get, like, flung onto the ground and then reformed? Yes, but my cheeky thing. Uh, as I get squashed and reformed, can I, like, grab the tentacle to block it from moving back? Can I, like, get smushed and reformed? Like, haha, gotcha, bitch. And grab the tentacle so it can't fuck with us anymore? Or do something cheeky, like, I don't know, some zany shit, like, suplex it by the tentacle or some nonsense? Some real anime, some real anime bullshit? Or, like, even, like, dig my heels in after I grab the tentacle and, like, flip it by its tentacle. Like, do some real anime suplex bullshit. Uh, I'm gonna go with no, because you're strength five and this thing is 50 feet tall. That's, uh, yeah, you're right. I forgot it was that huge. I got my, my hubris. Never mind. That solar strength is getting to his head. Yeah, I'm trying to be a super saiyan. What if me and Lenny worked together? What, to, like, throw this thing? Yeah. I'm like five blocks away, bud. Oh, you are. Never mind. Yeah, actually, you know what? No, since he's on the other end of the tentacle, yeah, if you guys want to work together to do it, I'm totally down with that. Which way are you guys going to throw it? Oh, it's the same tentacle. Liv looks over to Lenny. Train round two. Train round two, rail yard boogaloo. And then, uh... Up to you. Where do you want to throw it, Cody? You know what? It wants to go to the Statue of Liberty so bad. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Let's impale this shit on the Statue of Liberty. So, using the uh, extra strength from working together, uh, Liv and Lenny are gonna suplex this thing onto uh, across the bay onto Liberty Island in like the super anime. Uh, what is it? Like a hammer throw? Some real micro academia bullshit. Yeah, like we just spin it around like three times and. Throw it. Team Rocket's blasting off again. I'm so here for this dumb bullshit. Do it. Yes. Uh, you guys end up uh, grabbing it together using the combined solar might. 
you guys decide if you got if he if he wants to uh, if it wants to go to the Statue of Liberty so fucking bad it can go there itself. Both of you toss it to uh, to Liberty Island, where this thing flies through the air and then on top of the crown of Lady Liberty, it becomes impaled. If I may. Uh, after that clear throw, Liv looks to see that it, it stuck and looks back to Lenny with a very wide and genuine, if not sad, smile and says, I'm glad it could be like this for the last time. Yeah, man. Same here. So it's good fighting with you. Yes, it is. And then Lenny's going to throw his uh, Diaclave and spin in essence to, you know, go over to Liberty Island. Uh, I don't think that you could throw it that far. Yeah. Yeah, that is a pretty far, far away place. But you know who can shoot it that far? <laughs> it's true. I can just sh- I can just shoot you out of my bow, and then you can just throw the the sword and then shoot to it. Next round. And just run over there. Oh yeah, we can do that, can't we? Well, I have that graceful crane stance that allows me to like. I can literally walk up a wall with everything. Okay. Are you guys going to go over to the uh, to the Statue of Liberty to make sure this thing's finished off? I reckon. That's the responsible thing to do. If you guys are going to run over there, I'm going to shoot Liv over there um, out of my bow. Ah, uh, yes. Another time to get turned into giblets. <laughs> We're almost at the halfway point of my essence. I don't have a way to get over there, so I'm going to just be shooting from over here. I mean... We can do like we did at the... Sasquatch and Hodak fight. You know, I can also like hop planes. Maybe we can just like take a trip through the Shadowlands and get there faster. You're a solar now. I can still use all my powers from when I was an Abyssal, though. I don't know how well it's gonna work with you being a solar now. Uh, I have them all. Yeah, but she's I... talking about the backlash of a Prince of Hell being uh. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I mean, you were allowed to go oh. through just fine because of your clout. We also basically can, uh, change from abyssal to solo. How about you guys run across the water? Uh, or I'll shoot Liv over first. You guys run across the water, and Lenny can probably carry me over. Yeah, we'll go to that shit. You're tiny. Who has the best perception? Because I am going to need a roll. Not me. I have a, I have a five in perception. Uh, I, I should say perception four. and alertness. I have an eight in perception and alertness. Uh, all together, I have six. Yeah, it's definitely not me. Uh, Christina, I'm going to need a roll here. If that you could uh, give me a perception roll. Uh, difficulty is going to be a five. Okay, cool. Once you get over to the island, uh, once everyone's over to the island, I will tell you what you notice. Cool. I'm going to like Naruto run across the water. going to put Cass on my back and uh, I guess, well, after Cass shoots Liv, I'm going to put her on my back and catch up to Marcy because I'm lightning fast. You, like, catch up and then continue on. Okay, so. On your left. (laughs) (laughs) Cheeky bitch. So as it, uh, Lenny is carrying Cass, it takes a little bit to notice it because this has been such a big thing of the background to you guys for so long. It changes to background, uh, things that usually don't go 
usually they have to be big enough to go noticed. The the other three of you don't seem to notice it because you're too interested in the uh you're too interested in the uh the, the Zemisi corpse on top of the Statue of Liberty. Or maybe it's something to do with the shading, but once it uh Lenny set, steps foot on the uh on the island, you guys notice something. The Statue of Liberty's torch is missing. Oh. And it's right now coming down on you all. Oh. Guys, incoming. And you got any of those uh <laughs> spare alternate personalities? I got one left. Then uh Instead of dodging, Lenny's gonna throw Cass just completely out of the way of it. That way, because, you know, Marcy's gonna need that get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, I also have secrets never revealed, so I'm not too worried about it. I don't... While I could just, you know, get splatted and reform, Brendan, I would also like to see about uh, looking into Walms and seeing if he can, like, help divert this big thing out of the way by just throwing himself at it. I also have an idea but I don't know if it would work. I've got, I've got, I've actually got this because I, uh, I do have one more trick up my sleeve that will stop all of this. It's a uh, it's a late Saturday night, middle of January. It's halftime. Are the lights on? The lights are on. The sharks are down by one touchdown. Oh boy. The team's not looking so great. Touchdown Tomas broke his leg on that last play. The sharks are looking like their teeth fell out and they're just going to gum them. What do you do, Lenny? What do you do? I'm going to look to the quarterback and dead in the eyes, trade positions with me. What? What? Lenny, what, what do you mean trade positions with you? I've been training. Just get me the ball. Uh, I, mm. He stares at you, but he's he's at a loss for words. He doesn't know exactly what position that a court. No, I'm joking. I know what a quarterback is, but... You know, <laughs> I... I it's you, so I never know. I mean, a right tackle telling a quarterback to trade positions would get exactly that reaction. All the quarterbacks I've ever seen are always really uppity about getting hit, so... <laughs> yeah. He, he just kind of looks at you and goes, Not... Look, man, I, I don't know that we can do that, Leonard. We just... And one of your... One of your guys, who's, who's been on the team with you since day one... Starts chanting your name. Van Zant, Van Zant, Van Zant, and then the rest of the group gets up and starts chanting Van Zant, Van Zant, Van Zant. The quarterback, just like the GM here, peer pressured as four teenagers start chanting your own name. Relents. You don't have to block for me. It's okay. Just let me take this one. We'll pull it out. Yeah, 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 okay. Um, sure. You guys, the Sharks, the LIU Sharks, go onto the field. Who the fuck are their sworn rivals? Fact-checking will destroy this podcast. Uh, it's... Fuck, it's like, uh... 
Catholic school of some sort. I can't remember. Of course it would be. I'll find it. Hold on. Like Saint something. No, I mean like what's what's the name of the the, the school so I can look them up. Uh, Long Island University. It's the uh, the rivalry is uh, Saint Francis College. Are there? Oh, uh, I can find that probably. The games are often referred to as the Battle of Brooklyn. The Saint yeah. Francis Red Flashes. Yeah. Yeah. I would just imagine they're all vampires. The small college of big dreams. About to get crushed today, boys. The Saint Francis Crimson Crimson uh, Streams. Right. You go. You go onto the field versus the Saint Francis Red Flashes. You've been waiting for this game all year. You're in the quarterback position. They all look very confused. What do you do? Please describe your football strategy. The worst part of this is a second string exists for a reason, and we talked the quarterback into going on the line. Cody. Yes. You're going to do the old quarterback sneak? Is there any other way to do it? Not really. So, can we all just take a second and appreciate that you did this on Super Bowl Sunday? Right. Lenny approaches behind the uh, center who he's known for a good while, but that's probably who started the uh, chant, because the sinners are always the nicest guys. Yeah. Gives them a uh, rough tap on the shoulder pads three times. And he gets down and ready. Down. Tiger, 39. Tiger, 39. Hut, hut. Hike. And the ball is snapped, and a clash of foes meets on the Battle of Brooklyn as the two teams merge into one. Leonard Van Zant goes right up the middle, completely disregarding anyone in his path. Do you use any essence for this, Cody? Well, considering without using any essence, I'm three times faster than I normally am. Are any of these puny mortals going to try to tackle me? Make me a strength and athletics roll uh, at difficulty five, and I will let you know. Five. None of them get in your way immediately to tackle you. But there is a man who is built just like Leonard on the other team, and he sees what you're doing, and he goes to chase. Cody, we're going to have a little uh, dice off here. All right. Uh, please roll me your uh, strength and athletics for basically bursting into a fucking sprint to get to that touchdown. And this guy's going to do the same. Uh, standard difficulty. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know that he can even fucking touch that. Okay, let's see. So that's nine. Well, you know what? Maybe he's he's technically got a chance here. I mean, five successes for, for a mortal is really Not a bad good. Show. Yeah, no, nah, he's built like a brick shithouse. You... This guy starts chugging away, and he has eaten up the distance between you. And as that you hear him, like, on, like, like you can almost feel, like, hot breath on the back of your, uh, on the back of your neck. You kind of, like, you hit the fight-or-flight mode, and normally your instinct is to turn around and punch. But instead, you tur- you turn that that uh, that instinct into running even faster, and you leave this guy in the dust with uh, ten with with ten yards to go, and then I assume 
and then get into the end zone. Please, Cody, how do you want to do this? Well, Leonard's not a showy man. As soon as he crosses uh, the line into the end zone, Leonard just sets the ball down and turns around to the man who was chasing him. He walks up. You know, bud, that was a good game. This guy, panting, out of breath. (sighs) Oh, man. I didn't think you had it in you, but yeah, that was good. Been practicing a lot. Uh, What's your name, bud? Marco. Polo. But really, what's your name? Stop playing games. It's Marco. My name's Marco Sanchez. Oh, that's a cool name. I'm Lenny. Lenny Van Zant. Was uh was good playing with you. I'm glad that uh we had a good game before. I no n- never mind. It's uh it's the game of my dreams. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, man. See you next season. Lenny takes a long pause. Yeah. I'll see you next season. Cool. I'll try I'll try and work out and be able to catch you next time. Later. The rest of the team finally catches up to you and basically in all of their strength managed to lift you and start tossing you up in the air. Lenny! 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 The quarterback can't believe his eyes. How could you be so good at this without him knowing? Without the coach knowing? I'm just gonna play the uh, drum solo for I Can Feel It Coming or Coming in the Air Tonight on uh, my uh, team's helmets. Do-do, 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 they enjoy that. Despite your big, meaty hands, you give none of them concussions. But wait, you've activated my Heaven Thunder Hammer technique and they're all nailed on the ground. No! You guys have a great rest of your night. And as it, everything finally clears up, there's a knock on your door. There's a knock on the door uh, after everyone else has left. Oh no, they've come, they've come to piss test me. What if I pee sunshine? I'm just gonna answer it slowly, like creak it open. Hello? You see a fairly uh, short figure with blonde hair, uh, and despite being uh, relatively short uh, in comparison to your uh, towering uh, stature, he's still built like a brick shithouse. Uh, the blonde hair that he once had has gone, uh, is going gray as uh, age is starting to catch up with him. And he looks up at you and grins. Dad? Well, hey there, Leonard. I, uh, sorry that I missed all your other games, but I did come out to see this one, and I'm real proud of you, son. How long has it been since Lenny's seen his dad? Probably, probably a few years. You know that he goes away on official family business quite often. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad you could make it to the important one, Pops. So uh, it means a lot. <laughs> No, Lenny, this is, uh, I wouldn't say this is the important game. This is just the prelude. Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that means mom's called you up. Yeah, yeah, she did. It, it's gonna be the fight of my dreams, Pops. Well, he kind of, despite being uh, shorter than you, kind of taps you on the shoulder. Don't worry, kid, I know you're gonna do the, uh, you're gonna make the whole family proud. Yeah, we got to. There's no choice but to win. It's what the Van Zants do. Exactly. And after that, you and your pops catch up. You go have some Shake Shack. You might introduce him to Terry if he's around. You have generally just kind of a good time. And eventually he uh, 
he leaves back for the uh, the manor and wishes you luck. I'll see you on the flip side, Pops. Yeah, I'm going to block the unblockable to uh, just hold up my sword and instead of anybody dying uh, it lets me trade half of my health to uh, stop it so that everybody's safe. Alright. So this thing comes down with the Liberty Torch in a final swing to take out its uh, it, what, it, what it perceives as its most uh, as, it, as its biggest threat. And in coming down, Leonard raises up his Orichalcum Diglave and stops the torch, this multiple-ton thing, dead in its tracks. Okay, Cody, you read the rules. You know the rules, and so do I. You gotta make this fucking cool to take it down. Yeah. So, with Titanic Force, the torch of... The torch that we all know as a beacon of freedom and hope and the American way descends upon Lenny. His anima's been fading slowly, but just as the blow's about to land, bright golden angel wings and a second set of arms appear in a flash of dazzling light, grasping the hilt and the blade of Titan Slayer. Lenny's burnt-out anima reignites, sending a shockwave of energy. The smell of smoke wrinkles your nostrils as a corona of light envelops Lenny and a flash of heat scorches the environment. The white-hot son of the south turns to his family, battered and bruised behind him, as he holds off the unblockable attack. It's, it's just like that dream I had, guys. He gathers his strength, pushing to his feet, the ground beneath him giving way as he pushes against the tremendous force of the blade. Except this time, this son stands unconquered. With a burst of strength, Lenny shoves back against the giant. His blade slides past the foul creature's weapon, and with a thunderous crack, he knocks the beast skyward, launching himself into the air after it. He readies himself to strike the final blow. Golden feathers fall like sand from an hourglass as the solar runs along the titan's arm. Sparkling light erupts as orichalcum scrapes across bone and flesh. Light pours out of every cut as if the sun itself had joined the battle. He runs up the arm, across the throat, and down the chest. The creature barely has time to scream as it falls to the ground, neatly bisecting in Lenny's flurry of blows. Landing on one knee, Lenny struggles to catch his breath. His anima fades, leaving behind only feathers of light falling like snow around you. He looks up with a smile to each one of you. We did it, guys. We saved the city. I love you all. And then he collapses. Damn you. There's a silence that goes through the group as Lenny's anima burns out. And then a single mournful howl as Simple Man Freebird manifests that reverberates through the rest of the island. The loyal hound slowly walks up to Lenny and licks his face for a few moments before realizing what has happened and curling up around the body. The last of the feathers fall, and with one final feather, 
landing on Marcy's shoulder with a heavy, comforting warmth and weight. Brendan, I'm gonna go over there and roll a medicine roll. Is he, like, dead dead? Yeah, he's, like, dead dead. Damn it. I'm just pouring through my charms to see if there's anything I can do, but you know, nothing raises the dead, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any charms that would. I mean, we still have one get out of jail free card, don't we? I don't think that's, uh, I don't think it would work. That will not work in this case. This was a sacrifice freely given. So because of this, because of this sacrifice of your friend Leonard, freely given of his own accord, you all have saved all of New York. Time passes. You all are given, uh, you all have your time to grieve. And eventually you all do go your uh, separate ways. Somewhere else out there uh, in the world, while this was happening, more of these things rose up across the world. Almost like it was destined to be. In fact, even in somewhere in, uh, somewhere in Jerusalem, a mighty beast rose up and another solar, uh, or what one assumed to be a solar, the video feed only showed a gigantic four-armed man fighting another creature of darkness, much like you all have faced. Word spread of others who had saved the world out in Vegas, out in New Orleans, out in Europe, out in the East, down in the outback of Australia. Things just kept happening. But eventually the world found some kind of form of normalcy. Marcy... After that, the world returned to some form of normalcy. You went and got a, uh, you went and finished up your degree. You also, uh, now that the world has accepted more or less the existence of supernatural beings, thanks in part to you all, cryptozoology became more of a actual uh, major that people would actually follow in, as well as occult studies and things like that. Over time, uh, you became known as someone who fought for the rights of cryptids to remain uh, unhunted and uh, for those that had uh, some kind of sapience uh, to be uh, accepted into society over some time. And those that were uh, hostile cryptids, uh, some of the some of the more hostile vampire clans and uh, and things like and things like that that, uh, that that don't conform to actually being nice with other people. Well, you teamed up from time to time with uh, others to hunt them down and teach them the error of their ways. Cass, having Cass having taken uh, time to think about her major, as well as the uh, the offer that she had gotten from Lucky, decides to work with the technocracy to some degree. But whenever they need her for meetings or to file paperwork or show up in person, she's never there. Her work's always done on time, but she's just never there when they need her. Uh, she continues to work within the realm of secrets and fate and the essentially bringing about a better way for the supernatural world to exist. She is known in most supernatural circles by many different names and the only people who really know her actual name are the three that stood with her uh, at the Battle of Brooklyn. And finally, Liv, after having shown his true colors and shown that he too could uh, bask in the glory of the sun, after a day has passed, his, uh, his abyssal exaltation returns to him and he is 
plagued with nightmares and terrible agony as the Neverborn rack their, uh, their eternal will on him. But he endures, as he always has, through everything that's happened to them. He, with the revelation of the supernatural world being real to the, to the rest of the world, he goes forth to help with, uh, help with the living, the dying, and the dead, and to bring a better bridge and understanding to all of those realms. He is known as a prince to the, uh, to the dead, as he values the sapience of any creature over, uh, over what that they look like or what that they are. In death, he has found acceptance and he has moved on. And surely there are other stories to tell in this world of darkness on the brink of the apocalypse. Other heroes might rise up, but for now, let's remember the, the people who are at the Battle of Brooklyn, because they were some of the best heroes out there. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Fine, but only because it's the ending. Go Sharks. Yay! Yay! And then Liv gets sued for malpractice because he can't make a fucking medicine roll. <laughs> fucking right. Thank you all for taking the time to enjoy our show. If you enjoyed what you heard, why not give us a follow on your podcast app of choice? And while you're there, leave a comment and like about your favorite moment from this campaign. Or even give us some suggestions on what games you'd like to hear going forward. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so on Twitter at A Paradise Lost, on Facebook at A Paradise Lost Podcasting, and if you liked good old-fashioned email, you can do that at A Paradise Lost at gmail.com. The theme song for this campaign was Epic Blockbuster 2 by Raphael Crux. Other music in this episode was provided by Raphael Crux, Alexander Nakarada, Komiku, and Kevin McLeod. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed our show. Special thanks to Cody, who played Leonard, Christina, who played Cassandra, Britt, who played Marcy, and Tyler, who played Liv. I couldn't have done all this work without you guys there to deal with my bullshit. And it was a lot of bullshit. But there was also a lot of bullshit that you guys gave me, so I guess it balances out. Stay tuned next week as I try to get something special and fun uh, and out of the ordinary ready for everyone. And after that, we will be returning to Shadow of the Demon Lord to finish up what we got recorded. But for you, listener, and making it through all of that, I think that's more than a stun. That's worth some XP, so spend it wisely.